0: Welcome to the With Ingram series of podcasts. I'm Philip Ingram, this is episode 12, and today I'm talking to Justin Bertenshaw, who is the Head of Firearms with Sussex and Surrey Police, and also the Gatwick Police Commander. Warning, you might actually learn something. Hey Justin, great to talk to you. Can you tell us a little bit about um, one thing uh, a year ago? Drones.
1: Uh, So on the uh, 19th of December last year, um, we had initially one sighting of a drone at about 10 past nine. Um, That was backed up by about three or four different witnesses who saw the drone uh, flying right above our runway. We are the biggest single runway in the uh, airport in the world. We service about 50 million passengers a year. Um, That caused the runway to close initially. And then over the next 30 hours, we had 115 separate sightings of drones Um, multiple drone incursions of more than one drone at at, at a time. So we had at some stages two drones, um, which caused the airport to close for about 30 hours, affecting 140,000 passengers, 1,000 flights. Quite a busy day. Now, there
0: was a lot of speculation in the press at the time as to whether drones actually existed, and um, one of your police colleagues uh, commented that they might not have done. Uh, can you reassure us that there were actually drones at Gatwick last year?
1: Uh, yeah, drones? 100% <laughs> certain. Um, so we had, as I say, 115 different sightings of drones, uh, all from varying range of people, but mainly police officers and professionals in the um, airport, uh, because obviously the airport was closed for a significant period of time. Um, And we've narrowed that down to 15 different events through that 30 hours where drones have come in. We had a number of witnesses who saw two drones at the same time, so we're happy that on at least a couple of those occasions there were two drones flying. Um, But we're absolutely adamant and certain that there was drones during the incident. So you haven't caught anyone yet. Why not? Um, Is
0: it a failure in policing? Is it a reflection of how complex uh, the issue is? Why haven't you got anyone banged away for disrupting the airport for such a long period of time?
1: I think it's a reflection on how complex it is. Um, you know, this was an unprecedented event anywhere in the world. Probably why I'm here today, rather than uh, being, you know, sort of other airports that have had a single incursion. Um, you know, it's not like the offender is going to be close by when these these incidents happen. We didn't have a full range of uh, track and detect mitigation technology at the time. We were, you know, almost playing catch-up as a, as a country, um, at, you know, and as an industry, and the airport industry is now rapidly trying to catch up with that, t- that technology. So it's certainly not a failing in, in my offices. My offices did everything we could to, A, to find the people who've done it, and we continue that investigation now, but to try and mitigate the threat at the time. And we built up very, very quickly drone mitigation technology, which was ultimately what ended the incident, was getting the military in, using their systems to try and track and detect drones, which then stopped those incursions. OK, well, really simply, why didn't you just shoot it out of the sky and why didn't you jam it? Um, is jamming legal in this country? Um, shooting out of the sky, good luck. You know, this, <laughs> these things are travelling at 45, 50 kilometres an hour, um, at, you know, in a very unstable pattern. So trying to take it out of the sky with a, with a shotgun, for example, is an option, but not one that you're probably going to be successful with. You've also got your, your backdrop as well. If you're going to take a shot with a shotgun, you've got to be clear of where your arcs of fire are, uh, which is a challenge. There are technologies out there like Skywall, which is a rocket launcher, effectively, that can launch a net out about 80 metres. Well, if it's not 80 metres and it's not static, you're not going to hit it. Um, And the jamming technology is just not tested. So all of this stuff is built for theatre of war. And what we're doing is we're introducing something that is great in a desert into an urban environment and saying, we're not quite sure what it's going to do. So I still don't know what effect a jamming uh, technology is going to have or a hospital that's four kilometres away so we have to be really careful we we've now got protocols in place where we can use that but it's very much done in conjunction with the airport around the threat and the risk around what else is it going to affect so we would only use it if airport was was stationary no movements no aircraft in the sky not something we would use very quickly uh, just because of the risk around the air, airport and aircraft.
0: So has the law in the UK been changed to allow um, active jamming as a method of dealing with drone threats.
1: No, I would still need to break the law and I would have to apply to the Home Office to do that. There is legislation is catching up and we, we are hoping that, that that technology is going to be available to us under a Chief Constable's authority in the near future, um, but as happened in the incursion in December I applied to the Home Office to be able to use effective capability and that was granted. I just never, We never got the opportunity to use it in that environment.
0: So as a firearms commander um, Aircraft and firearms, and airports and firearms and people and firearms tend not to mix well. What are the particular challenges that you've got uh, with um, commanding firearms teams in an airport environment?
1: The bigger airports in the, in the country, Heathrow, Gatwick, um, we have an armed contingent there 24 hours a day and that is about keeping people safe. That's about um, mitigating the threat of terrorism at our airports. Yes. It's not ideal to use firearms with, with aircraft, so we've got set protocols in place, again, about our arcs of fire. Would we look to take, use a shotgun, for example, to try and take a drone down if there's a risk to an airport aircraft? Absolutely not. So it's about the professionalism of my officers, who are the armed officers, and about knowing their business in an environment which is completely different to anywhere else in the country.
0: So if you were talking to an international audience um, dealing with drones, what sort of messages would you want to leave with them, uh, the lessons that you've learned uh, last year?
1: Certainly to leave is about preparedness. You know, uh, we were kind of, we were prepared. We've done a lot of work beforehand around drone mitigation. We had a drone response plan. We'd been tested by the uh, Centre for Protection of National Infrastructure and we came out really well on that around our drone plan. But that was really around a single drone incursion and not a multiple one. Um, We're now fit for purpose. We've now got the mitigation technology in place. I wish we'd had that in December. So it's about preparedness. But it's also about education because... People, anyone can go and buy a, a really good drone off, off the shelf for you know, a couple of hundred pounds. And it's about educating those people on where they can fly, how they can fly safely and what is going to put people in danger. And if we can educate the right people, it will eliminate them from our sort of scope and we can concentrate on those who are going to use it for illegal uses such as in air, airports, prisons and, and places like that.
0: Will the changing legislation um, have any effect on the use of drones?
1: Um, It will certainly give us the ability to deal more effectively with drone incidents because at the moment the legislation really isn't there to deal with anything outside of that immediate part of the airport. So if you're endangering an aircraft, it's really straightforward. You're going to get caught, you're going to go to prison. If you're just outside that, you're not actually endangering an aircraft but you're within that zone, there's not really the legislation there to back it up. You can't arrest them, you can't even search people for that drone. So they're bringing in legislation around stop and search and actually around giving us the ability to enforce, because drones are fantastic. Drones are a game changer in in loads of different ways. We use them for searching for missing people. We use them in firearms operations. So we're not trying to discourage the use of drones, we're trying to discourage the use of illegal drones. And that's the the key to this, is eliminating that so that actually the law-abiding citizen can use it for their business, we can use it for law enforcement, because they are absolutely fantastic bits of technology, not in the wrong hands.
0: Justin, absolutely fascinating talking to you. Thank you very much indeed for giving up some of your time uh, to give your insights into what happened December last year. You're welcome. Thank you.